uh, are going to hear the Easter story from the Gospel of John. So listen to God speak. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've laid him. And then Peter and the other disciple set out and went toward the tomb. And the two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. Bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came, following him, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there, and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. And then the other disciple, who reached the tomb first, also went in, and, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the Scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes, but Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, They've taken away my Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. And when Jesus had said this, she, or when she had said this, sorry, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you've laid him, and I'll take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabuni, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Amen. Well, this morning we celebrate the greatest event in human history, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When Jesus rose from the dead, everything changed. The way of salvation was open to those who receive it. Jesus conquered sin, death, and the devil, and a whole new order of creation had begun. The grave could not hold him. Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. The resurrection of Jesus is the foundational truth of the Christian faith. If Christ has not been raised, says the Apostle Paul, your faith, our faith is futile. And he makes it crystal clear. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, 
that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, that He was buried, that He was raised on the third day according to the Scriptures, and that He appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. And after that, He appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. When Jesus rose from the grave, He made many appearances to His followers, as Paul notes, But to whom did he appear first? Was it to Peter, whom we also call Cephas or Simon? Was it to to John? Was it to another of the twelve disciples, as we might expect? No, as we learn from the Gospel of John, he first appeared to Mary Magdalene, a woman, if you can believe that. You'll notice Paul doesn't even mention Mary, and yet she plays a key role in the Easter story. I mean, she is not to be forgotten here. Mary Magdalene has the distinction of being the first to discover the empty tomb, to have been the first person to see the risen Jesus, and the first person to announce the good news of His resurrection. She announced it to His disciples, right? Making her the first Christian evangelist. She's been called in the church, the apostle to the apostles. Wow, how cool is that? The fact that a woman should have been the first eyewitness to the risen Lord practically guarantees the historical accuracy of the gospel accounts, because if these accounts were simply made up by the early church, by the early Christians, they would never ever have invented the idea of casting a woman in the role of being the first eyewitness, given at the time that the the universal belief of the unreliability of women in a court of law. Women could not testify in court because at that time they were not to be believed. So, What do we know about Mary Magdalene? Well, tradition incorrectly makes her out to be a woman of ill repute. In fact, there's a lot in the tradition about Mary Magdalene, and a lot of it is just not true to Scripture. I mean, it's just not accurate. It seems that Mary Magdalene was wrongly identified with other Marys in in the gospel accounts. In fact, Mary, you know, there there are so many Marys, it's hard to keep all the Marys straight. Uh, Mary is one of the most common Hebrew names at the time. Uh, Actually, Mary in Greek is the form of the Hebrew, Miriam. And there were other unnamed women mentioned in the Gospels, and so it's all been kind of conflated and confused. But what we do know about her is that she came from Magdala, a small town on the western shore of the Sea of Galilee, hence Magdalene. And we know that when she first met Jesus, she was in great need. She was desperate. According to the Gospel of Luke, she was possessed by seven demons. Now, seven is a number in the New Testament that signifies completeness or fullness. So, Mary was completely under the the domination of some kind of evil spirits. 
And so she came to Jesus in her need, but Jesus cast them out, praise be to God, and her life was radically transformed. The Lord literally rescued her from death. Life became worth living for her. Now, all of a sudden, she felt forgiven and clean and beautiful and valued once again. And so overwhelmed was she by, by, by the Lord's incredible love that she then began to follow him, and she became a very loyal disciple. She followed him, and even says in Scripture that she contributed to the financial needs of the band of disciples. Mary was among many women, actually, who, who were steadfast in their loyalty to Jesus. In fact, it was the women who stood with Jesus to the bitter end at Calvary as He died on the cross. I see all the other guys, you know, they all fled, and they, went, they locked, locked themselves behind doors, right? They were fearful. But here were the women who were out there right by the cross, except for John. I've got to give John some credit. But the women were loyal, and it was the women who continued to express their love for the Lord by wanting to anoint His dead body with spices. So imagine now Mary's sorrow as she came with the others to anoint the body early in the morning of the first day of the week. Jesus had meant the world to her. I mean, everything that she believed in and all the disciples believed in, hoped in, all that they had invested their lives in, that one person who offered such promise for the future was now dead. Her grief was absolutely unbearable. John tells us that she came to the tomb while it was still dark. The world was indeed a very dark place when Jesus died, and the light had certainly gone out of Mary's life. Then imagine Mary's dismay as she came to the tomb, she arrived at the tomb, and only to discover that the big stone that had been covering the tomb was rolled away, and looking in, discovered that there was no body. The body was missing, and that could only mean one thing in Mary's mind, somebody stole the body, which actually added insult to injury to this poor woman. Now they've taken his dead body, can't even anoint him. So Mary ran to Peter and to the other disciple, uh, the disciple whom Jesus loved, which probably was John himself, the gospel writer. Mary ran to them to tell them what happened, and then Peter and John tripped over each other, trying to get to the empty tomb to find out, or to the tomb to find out what was happening. And they looked in, and then, lo and behold, it was just as Mary had said. The body was missing. It says in the Scripture, they believed. That is, they believed Mary. <laughs> well, Mary, I guess you're right, you know. And so they went back, Peter and John went back to their homes, wondering who would steal Jesus' body. But Mary lingered at the tomb and longingly looked into the tomb one last time. And she was, you know, cry, had cried her eyes out. 
The Greek word lying behind our word in English, weeping, denotes loud wailing. I mean, she was, well, she was wailing. But she peered into the tomb only to see that there were two angels there. One at the, where the, the head of the body would have been and where the feet would have been. Two angels. <laughs> was she ever shocked? And they asked her, Woman, why are you weeping? Which actually seems like kind of a silly question because, you know, because it's not uncommon for people to weep at the tombs of loved ones who've died, right? And so Mary, completely distraught, blurts out, they've taken away the Lord and I don't know where. They, they've taken the body and I, I don't know where they've put it. Why are you weeping? And you know, actually, it's not a silly question at all. I can't help but think that that same question asked of Mary by the angels is being asked of you and me today. Why are you weeping? Now, I doubt if there's anyone right now who is crying outwardly. I mean, that would be too embarrassing, right? You know, we've, we've all learned not to try and cry in public, especially on such a festive occasion as Easter. And outwardly, we are uh, pretty good at looking happy, as though we don't have a concern in the world. And you know what? We're especially good at that in church. <laughs> when you come to church, everybody seems happy and all put together. You know? We're really good at that. But I bet there are many people here who are actually, yeah, maybe, maybe they're not crying on the outside, but they're crying on the inside. Perhaps you find yourself in a dark place. Mary, perhaps you've lost hope and you feel lost and confused and it's all you can do to try and keep your life together. Perhaps you feel as though the light of your life has gone out. You see, Easter is for people who are dwelling in dark places and who perhaps have a good reason to cry. Why are you weeping? Because my family is falling apart, and I don't know what will become of us. Why are you weeping? Because this is the first time that I am alone in my life, and I am afraid, and I wonder how I'm going to get through day by day. Why are you weeping? Because terrorism and drugs and violence are all around us, and I fear for my country and for my children and my grandchildren. Why are you weeping? Because I have regrets in my life, and there have been some things in my life that I'm ashamed of, and I don't know what to do about those things. They keep coming back to haunt me, and I don't know why I keep doing what I know that I shouldn't do, but I can't change. I need to change. Why are you weeping? 
because I'm weak and old and the thought of dying or what's worse, contracting Alzheimer's disease or going into a nursing home scares me to death. Why are you weeping? And that's a question that's been echoing down through the centuries from Jesus' tomb. And if the Lord is dead, if all this is just a hoax, we have a good reason to weep. Do you know that? Because essentially it means there is no hope. And when we die, we die into an everlasting void, and it's all meaningless. Like Mary Magdalene, maybe you have come. You've come this morning, and you're weeping before the tomb because it feels like Jesus is dead. Easter always begins while it's still dark. Mary then turned uh, from the tomb, and she met a person that she assumed to be the gardener. And, and the gardener, uh, the gardener, asked the same question of her, the same question asked by the angels. Woman, why are you weeping? And then the man added a second question, actually a very important question. Whom are you looking for? And the deeper implication is this. Are you looking for a dead body? Or are you looking for a risen Lord? And then the, then the man called out softly, Mary. And all at once, Mary recognized it was Jesus. And you know what? This is one of the greatest, most poignant scenes in the whole Bible, probably in all of literature, other than maybe Joseph with his brothers from the Old Testament when they recognized it was their brother, you know, who had become Pharaoh's assistant. But this one, wow, it's Jesus. Perhaps she was so blinded by her tears that she just didn't recognize him immediately. Perhaps she was so distraught and confused that her mind was playing tricks on her, and she couldn't fathom that Jesus might be standing right there in front of her. I mean, chances are maybe we wouldn't have recognized him even though we knew him. We weren't ready for it, mentally or spiritually. But then all of a sudden, her tears of desolation gave way to tears of rejoicing. The Lord was alive. <laughs> Imagine her shock. Truly alive. And Mary, all Mary could do and think of doing is just grabbing a hold of him, you know? Man, I'm not going to let go of you. I'm not going let to you, let you out of my sight, Lord. And then Jesus says something kind of cryptic, you know? He says, don't hold on to me because I've not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I'm ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. In other words... I'm alive, Mary, but now you're going to know me in a different way. From now on, you're not going to know me physically. You're not going to be able to touch me. You're not going to be able to hold me. I must ascend to the Father, and there I shall exercise my sovereign rule over all. But know this, Mary, 
I will be with you always, even in the darkest of places. The risen Jesus comes to you and to me in the dark places of life. And God knows that there is much in this world that makes us weep. <laughs> we ought to know how it is to weep. All you have to do is listen to the news every day. But His presence changes everything because the light shines in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. Goodness wins the battle over evil. Truth over falsehood. Life over death. So Jesus says, why are you weeping? I will not leave you desolate, he says. I am in you and you in me and nothing in life and nothing in death can separate you from my great love. Why are you weeping? I am the resurrection and the life. If anyone believes in me, even though, even though he dies, yet shall he live, and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Why are you weeping? My grace is sufficient for you. My cross took away your sins. Come to me, all you who are weary and are way overburdened, and I will give you rest. In me, you can be a new creation. So Mary's tears of sorrow then gave, gave way to tears of joy, and she could say with the psalmist, you turned my wailing into dancing. You removed my sackcloth and clothed me with joy, that my heart may sing your praises and not be silent. Lord my God, I will praise you forever. And then Mary Magdalene then ran to tell the disciples, I have seen the Lord. Her weeping turned into witnessing. Jesus was alive, and she wanted everyone to know it because His light filled her darkness, and now she would share that light of God's love, Jesus' love, with all others, that they might know joy. So, look for the risen Lord to show up in the dark places of your life. Let Him replace your tears of sorrow with tears of joy. Know that He is with you, even in the darkest moments. Share the good news. Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. Praise be to God. Amen.